Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio. A student-operated, non-commercial radio station, KUST provides students and faculty at St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to The Medium, a podcast presented by Tommy Media that's all about what's happening in the art and entertainment world. On today's show, we talk about COVID-19 and its effects on the entertainment industry, and we discuss what we've been watching, reading, and listening to. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Medium. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Reed and I are recording on Zoom today with our producer, Kayla, and we have a guest, Zed. He's a columnist on Tommy Media. So yeah, we're using the Zoom recording function so we could keep podcasting with you guys because the studio on campus is closed, but show must go on. So here we are. We still have things to rant about. So uh, we had <laughs> yeah, to find a way around, around, the, around the virus. So here we, here we are. <laughs> it's a good time. It's kind of wild, but yeah. we figured we wanted to keep going. The other podcasts with Tom Media are still going. And if this is a little distraction for people while everything is going on and works for me that's our hope actually it's yeah yeah give, give a little relief <laughs> to the worry you know yeah um uh, like i well, mentioned though we have zed here zed what's up things are going good things are going good um where are you guys all located right now where are we all at uh i'm still in st paul i live in a camp Ugh, in an off-campus apartment, so I didn't have to, like, move home or anything, which is kind of nice, but also no one's here anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. What about yeah, you, Zed? I, I just, I'm same old, same old. I live in St. Paul as well, so it's nothing, nothing changed for me. I didn't have to move myself anywhere. Nice. Uh, I'm at a cabin in Wisconsin right now, but I've been hopping between here and, yeah, my apartment in St. Paul and my roommates are gone so it's really quiet and quite boring so it's been it's been a challenge keeping up with sanity I guess Um, that's a fair way to put it (laughs) yeah um just keeping myself entertained is that's a daily challenge um yeah uh why don't we (laughs) I would say this that was a great segue to um the last part of our podcast but you know what we're gonna we're gonna backtrack a little bit and we're gonna go into the main discussion um it's COVID-19's effect on the entertainment and movie industry um for those of you who have been living under a rock the world is currently aren't we all technically living under rocks right now I guess we are now yeah (laughs) (laughs) well said um continue (laughs) um yeah, so the world is currently um, facing a pandemic um, where most of the world is required to, there's orders of shelter in place, stay at home. Um, some countries are just in complete lockdown. Um, for most, if not all places, uh, not as essential businesses have been uh, forced to shut down uh, temporarily, of course. Um, this is to try and, you know, flatten the curve to prevent the 
the, the virus from spreading. And uh, virtually the entire entertainment industry is non-essential, um, which of course it is. But uh, because of that, there's been huge ramifications. Um, yeah, no one in the industry has really been working in the past about month or so, I want to say. Um, and because of that, we're now seeing kind of a weird shift. Um, I don't know, to kind of set the stage a little bit, the movie industry has almost been, I don't want to say dying, but it's certainly weakened in the past couple of decades, uh, especially with the introduction of um, like streaming platforms such as Netflix or Hulu. You mean movie and industry as in like theaters? Theaters, excuse me, okay. theaters, yeah. yeah. No. Um, theaters. Just clarifying. Yeah, um, and most of them have been struggling, um, if not shutting down. And this um, this pandemic has been a real swift kick to the. It's like I almost want, I almost want to say it's the like the final nail in the coffin almost. <laughs> um, I think there's a headline saying that like AMC won't recover, and AMC is the largest movie theater chain. I think not only in the country, but in the world. Um, so that kind of shows you where most movie theaters are at. And now the movie industry is kind of struggling with what do we do when it comes to making movies? Do we still make them for the big screen or do we start making them for streaming services or immediately uh, push them to buy or rent digitally? Um, and we've kind of seen, a, we've gotten a little bit of a taste of that. Um, there's a lot of movies that were literally just in theaters or were still in theaters when they were released for um, buyer rent when it's usually about a nine month, um, six to nine month, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, wait before they- Delay. Delay, yeah, before they moved to being owned. Um, but because of the coronavirus industry, um, they're, they're before everything went on lockdown, no one was going out to theaters anyways because of fear of the virus. Um, and most studios were just losing a huge buck on um, on these movies. Like, I I think in March, or not March, late February and March, like every movie released was um, deemed a flop because no one went out to see it appropriately so. So, I don't know. I'm kind of spewing a lot right now, but uh, I kind of I kind of want to get you guys' take on where do you think the movie theater industry is right now, and compared to where it was before before it was affected by the virus, and where do you think it might end up? Yeah. Um, well, like before the virus, or as the virus was kind of coming around, I kept seeing a lot of announcements about films being delayed. Like they were finished, they were ready to go, they had release dates and they're like, oh, we're gonna push it off, wait, so we can all enjoy it together, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, some of that I believe, but other than that, it's like, no, you're just doing that because you're not gonna make any money off of it. But that's smart, like save it for when you can have optimal viewing experiences and audiences. Um, and I don't know if this is just my personal opinion. I don't think that the movie theater industry is gonna die because of it. I didn't think it was tanking that badly to begin with. Granted, that might just be me because I go to the movies a lot and I really enjoy them. 
but you're I don't. One, you're the one person keeping the movie theater industry afloat. I will carry that on my shoulders. I will <laughs> bring it back to life. No, I, I think there's like enough, or I don't think that it will die entirely. I think it might be kind of like, if anything, a drive-in theater vibe where there's only a few of them, maybe a few like major ones. Um, maybe a lot of independent ones will close, even though those are the ones that like, you'd want to still be around. But I don't think it can go away entirely because I think that's just part of the movie industry in general is like making it for the big screen. Do you think, um, I don't know, like I, I really enjoy seeing movies too. Um, Maddie, you obviously said you do. Um, mm-hmm. Zed's, uh, if I go see a movie, it's usually alongside Zed. So I think I speak, this is true. <laughs> yeah, I speak for Zed when I movies together. Yes, many movies. Um, so I think I speak for yeah both of us when it's like we all we love like movie theaters we go to the movies but do you think people still have that desire to go see a movie I know the convenience of sitting at home in your own well you're in your own home on your own couch um, with control of the movie is um, very nice but sometimes it doesn't beat that movie going experience where you're sitting in a theater with a bunch of other people who really want to see the same movie. And there's just this excitement, this this um, atmosphere alongside it, and of course, you're seeing a seeing a movie you want to see on this gigantic screen. Um, I don't know. There's something special about that, and yeah, I agree with you. And, there, yeah, like it's not. Sometimes I can give or take the fact that there's other people there, because sometimes you go to a movie and everyone else there. Some there's some weird like community that everyone's watching it together, experiencing it together. But then other times you're like, okay, no, weird. It's people are annoying. It's beautiful. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Depends on the movie. Um, but then other times I'm like, I don't want all these people here. But no matter what, it always has that sense of, I get excited to like go to the movies. It just has that vibe. I've always had that even when I was a kid. Um, and I would hate to lose that. I don't know, Zed, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I guess there's this, I think there's two conflicting approaches that you can look at this. And I have with with exactly what you just said. I am the same way. And I think the three of us are in a bracket of people that see quite a bit more movies, maybe the most. Um, and with that being said, like the optimists in me, um, to try to be like optimistic about this, um, I want to say that, you know, people aren't like homebodies they want to leave the house they want to be social they get too jittery if they're in one place for one time and that brings them to the movie theater because like you said it's an experience it's exciting it's something i mean to make it simple it's something to do with with other people friends family whatever i think that's a good um, point people once this shelter in place social distancing thing ends I think that might actually bring a surge to movie theaters, like mm-hmm. in the in the immediate aftermath, just because people are going to want to get out of their freaking house. I agree with that. But what I will say, though, this type of looking at it is conflicting with some of the truths that I think Reed was getting to and that I hate to admit it in, in my own lens because I see so many freaking movies in theaters. But it is true that movie theaters are trending downwards and they have been even before this. Mm-hmm. And that's And I would say that because, you know, like, restaurants bars they're not really going anywhere yes those and movie theaters are taking a hit right now and but when it comes to going back um movie theaters aren't really like restaurants and bars they're more like shopping and now you have just like 
before um, this, physical like brick and mortar shopping was trending downwards because it was fighting off the competition of online shopping. And I think that's, that is in the same boat that movies are in. Un un unfortunately, people are, you know, it's easier to online shop at home. It's e nah, easier than ever streaming services and the people behind movies and behind shopping, it's way, way, way more cheaper for them. So that's well said. I made me think of something though. Um, recently there's been, uh, before the pandemic, um, there's been, uh, um, it was released that movie, or not, excuse me, not movie theaters, uh, bookstores have actually been trending upwards. Yeah. Um, oh, really? They, yeah, they've been getting uh, sales and popularity uh, within the recent years um, compared to like a decade or two ago where like the Kindle or yeah. Nook were released and suddenly everyone's like, oh, screw books, we'll go digital. Or they'll... neither of those took off. It's yeah, the extreme no that anyone thought they would. It's yeah, the full it's, cycle. Yeah, exactly. No, people people thought it was evolving to something new, something fresh, but there's something authentic or unique about the novelty. The novelty of the book is fantastic. Like I love going book shopping. Um, yeah. I could easily buy a book for the same price or less on my Kindle, but it's not the same. I love the feel no. of the pages and it's something really satisfying, owning the book physically. Um and I think it's sort of along the same lines. Like it's, it's, everything's going digital right now. And, or excuse me, everything's, movies are kind of pushing towards the streaming service right now. And, you know, it's fine for like efficiency wise, but yeah, uh, there's something authentic of a movie being made for the literal big screen. Like I you think can't... that there might be a slight difference though in the two, because when you go to a bookstore, you are buying a physical object that you can hold and that you get to keep. Like I have a book collection at home. I love going to use bookstores, that sort of thing. But it's part of like building that collection. When you go to a movie theater, technically that's like a one-time experience. Yeah, you can later on buy the movie or rent the movie, see it on streaming service, whatever, but that experience Going to a movie theater is more of an experience rather than a like purchasing object. a physical object. And not that that like takes away from the point you're saying. I just think it's a distinction between the two. Yeah. The movie theater has a component of experience in it, which is why I don't want movie theaters to go away and why I think they might last and why people might almost flock to that once the streaming service thing kind of gets not run down, but typical because right now it's so new with all the different options that we have but once that kind of runs it's like new course people might go back to the whole like okay but where's the experience of going to a theater uh, let me real real quick uh, to make a point when's the last time you're on netflix and you spent like 20 minutes just scrolling for something to find because the, like the last I, time i did i did that like yesterday i do that all the time yeah I definitely relate and like can understand that I don't scroll through Netflix because I don't go on Netflix unless I know I have something to watch because that exact reason I hate just being like oh what should I watch now yeah but same thing with like movie theaters I go to the theater to see the movies I want to see which is more obvious I think but I think my, I think my point is like the novelty of the streaming service might have hit its climax already or we might be in its climax already mm -hmm. um 
it's certainly just an awesome option to release movies and TV shows on. And um, I think that's great. And I think that's going to be around for a while, but it's not the same. Um, there is, I don't know. It's almost like there's something to the, it's too efficient almost to where it's like, it doesn't, it's like, why bother? If that yeah. makes sense. Well, and like, I even think there's kind of a cultural fascination or shift to the old style like vinyl is back everyone i know has some vinyl that they own they have turntables whether it be like state-of-the-art or portable so that's coming back like you said bookstores are kind of back on the rise and so i could easily see that same thing happening with film and even you hear it with filmmakers their digital is such an easy option but so many of them try to still use film or make their films feel like they're using old school film because there's yeah. this, this like want for the authenticity that you were hinting at. Yeah. I don't know. Um, really a bad segue to this, but um, so a lot of movies have been, um, movies that were supposed to hit theaters or were just in theaters are now being released immediately or uh, either to rent or buy digitally. And um, because of this, in order to maintain that, um, that revenue, um, the studios have priced um, these movies, these like newly minted movies, like fresh off the press uh, movies. Oh my God, I'm old. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, keep being, aging yourself, Reed. I know. Um, the price for just renting one of these movies is around $20. And I, this has been a bit of a controversy recently and it's kind of a real sub subtopic of what we're talking about, but I wanted to get you guys' opinion on this. Like, I think a problem with the movie theater industry is because it is expensive. I would see movies probably on several times a week if I had the um, income for it, if it wasn't so expensive. Um, like when I go to a movie theater, I almost never buy snacks ever just because it's like the Bring ticket is, uh, well, I know I do. <laughs> Don't tell the viewers that. <laughs> oh, I will tell them. I bring my own. Um, but it's so, it's so expensive. And obviously that's to try and keep the theaters above water, but still in order to maintain that, that revenue um, to rent or buy digitally now is, yeah, like $20, $30, and there's some movies that are even $40 to rent or buy um, just because they've either been delayed or they can't go in theaters. Um, what are you guys' thoughts about the pricing of all this? Yeah, it seems to just be a way for studios thinking maybe that they can make their money back. You know, they just spent all this money and all this marketing for their movies to go to theaters, and now they can't. So, you know since it was going to go to theaters and that was the plan that they're on, they have to, we still have to pay the theater price, even though we're seeing it through like streaming services or nonetheless, no matter what, seeing it still like on our TV. So that is, I guess something they maybe felt that like they had to do, but obviously I don't agree with that. And I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to pay that um, movie theater price for um, seeing things, something on my TV. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think it's fair, but also I think they have the right to do so. They couldn't control what was going on if they had already released it. It's not like they had the option to be like, oh, we're going to postpone. And at this point, they can't like re-release it later. That would just be kind of weird too. Also incredibly expensive. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I don't like it. I'm not going to pay for it most likely, but I can see why they would. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this becomes like a norm, like hypothetically, big hypothetical, if the movie industry does, a movie theater industry does, you know, does die and we go to just releasing movies either digitally through um, streaming services or to rent or buy. Do you think this would be a fair price? This would, this is, this would be what takes over the movie industry or the movie in, the movie theater industry. Are you guys okay with that? Or is this something that um, is fair or should be altered, do you think? Um, I think it would be a fair substitute permanently. Just because like, if you think, depending on the theater you go to, your ticket could cost anywhere between like five and $15. And then if you want to buy the movie later on, it might be a bunch. I don't know like what examples you're talking about that are upwards of $20, but I've only seen like $20 around there. And if you go buy a new DVD or Blu-ray right when it comes out, it's about $20, $25. And if it's just that you're buying it digitally versus a hard copy, maybe that changes the price a little bit. But if that becomes a long-term solution, I don't think like 2030 is asking that much. Again, I don't like it but you think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're skipping like box office revenue. Yeah. If they're not making all the money from that, they're going to have to ask a little more in the product of it. What do you think, Zed? I don't know. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around this and think of like the possible scenario of what it actually would look like if movies were completely digital and not um, in theaters anymore and theaters didn't exist anymore. And, you know, like, you know, phones you used to hear everything was landline. There was pay phones out on the streets. Like, would this be the new thing? Like, yeah, we used to go see movies in a movie theater. Um, and I just don't know if that would really happen or not. I don't think um, like people who like consume movies and like watch movies would allow that to happen. Or maybe even also the people that make movies would allow that to happen um like the, pe- the actual like directors writers actors you know because i think they still respect to a degree how you should see a movie but on the business side you know you're completely cutting out the middleman you know no more movie theaters now we're just straight profits i guess if you're just doing streaming in that way and i now, wonder I don't know. Actually, sorry you keep going oh i was just gonna say like one more point too is like i think the only thing right now that's such a novelty to the movie theater is people are people slide so much into, oh, like, I'm gonna go on Netflix and get my entertainment that way. But if I want to see the new movie, the only way to see it is in theaters. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't exist anymore, this, what would people I, slide into doing? I think the scarcity aspect, like business-wise, is what has, keeps the, is one of the main reasons that keeps the movie theater industry novel. Um, it's like, I can only see this movie right now in theaters and in like a you know in like a month or 
three weeks or two weeks, the movie's going to go away for like a year before I could rent or own it. So I think there is a scarcity aspect, like it's great to rent or own and you can, if you have the patience, you just wait a year, but there's certain movies like you want to see right away and having the movie uh, theater, movie theaters be like the first, um, the first way, to, the first and only way to see that movie I think is what's um, keeping it, keeping it real novel, I guess, I think. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And because you also want to be part of the excitement of seeing a movie. You want to be part of the, seeing it. Yeah, you want to be part of the discussion, you know, that's, yeah. yeah. I think um, we might, I don't know, we might all, sorry to cut you off, but we might also all be a little hypocritical. Like if you really thought about it, if, if you, had, if they, if there was an experiment, you had the choice, you go see the newest movie, read we see so many movies opening night you take any of those movies and we could have watched it a part of our streaming service that we already pay for or we could have watched it for that price at that movie theater what do you think we would have done all those times you know Uh, go go to the movie theater 100 percent for me all right that's a good answer then i guess that's good i would as well yeah Yeah. i I do have a thing though obviously not with most people yeah um i wouldn't I'm saying this with the caveat that I don't want the movie theater industry to end, but I wonder if there would almost be a positive to it ending in the fact that you'd start to eliminate all the useless movies that get made. Well, There's uh, so many films that are put, or films, uh, quote unquote, like they're not hold, in hold, any sense. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, Maddie. Let me stop you right there. Have you been on Netflix recently? Yeah, like, I was just about to no, say. I, no, 90%. I was going to... Ninety percent of the content that. is trash. I'm so sorry. No, no, Netflix. I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> I promise. I was okay. getting to that. I was something um, to say about that too. <laughs> there are so many movies that are made that are so crappy, frankly, that are just there to like make a quick buck. Yeah. And I think people are dumb enough a lot of times to like go see them. But if they're not there, and then it's like, oh, but you have to pay twenty five dollars instead to buy it. People would be like, no, I don't want that because I know it's not going to be good in general. So I feel like it might decrease that. But then on the other side, if everything goes to streaming services, that gives them almost the ability to make more of that. But, and like, it's already there anyway. And then they'd have to make, they could have the chance to make more of it. Would they? I don't know. But I, I just think that this, that shift would cause consumers to change their mind and what they prioritize. And if they start prioritizing then like the good movies, hopefully that would decrease all the crap that is on streaming services. That's interesting point. It would really intensify the competition virtually. So like you have to, you have to be a good movie in order to exist as a movie virtually. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting thought. And at least that's what I hope would happen. I'm not sure it would. I don't know. People watch a lot of dumb movies, I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's certainly a market for it. Like, people, yeah. sometimes people want just, like, the crappy Netflix movie. But Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah everybody does every once in a while, I guess. But, no, I mean, um, that's a good point, yeah. I think what I was going to say, too, something that I'm, like, a trend I'm seeing that I really don't like with streaming services, if probably mostly Netflix, but, like, they're coming out with this. I feel like it's really, like... It's a lot of manipulation, honestly, where they make something, they come out with something. It's not a movie. It's not like 
a TV show. It's the limited series or whatever, you know? And it's because they, like, they're using it in a format that can, like, just stretch out people, you know? Like, it could be a two-hour movie or it could be a two-hour doc- documentary, but instead they're like, we're going to have this limited thing that's eight episodes long and then the first episode so much intrigue but like the fourth fifth episode are literally about nothing because the subject is not like it's stretched they just stretch things out and it's just terrible if you kind of mm. get what i'm saying but yeah but i also see the opposite sometimes with netflix and they'll make a show and they'll cram so much in to eight episodes and you're like you have the platform to take your time yeah and you don't do it like they and I don't know if that's more commentary on Netflix and like how they write and produce and make their content, but I see I see your point and then also the opposite of that. Yeah. Either way, I think like you need like I don't know the whole limited series thing is kind of being taken advantage of. Like you either need to be a real TV show or just bring it down to a movie. It doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's well, and if you right, have so many limited series, how are any of them like limited or special at that point? seriously like it loses the title or the gravity yeah. of limited i think everything, overall netflix everything is, is really special. Well everything uh, is special <laughs> everything is special nothing is special wow yeah that's i don't even know netflix is just so overall the other ones it's just so watered down with their content that like they make themselves but i'd like to do i always say this at one point during every episode i'd like to do an episode on a different topic the new topic I'd like to do is the quality of Netflix, because frankly, I have some serious questions. All right, they were nominated for some Oscars, but I've also seen just absolute, just trash on Netflix. Uh, we can we can hit that up next time, honestly. Yeah. That it goes in vibe with the whole shelter in place because people got to watch something, so we can hit that up. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, well, as a little bit of a segue. People have to watch something we've been watching and reading and listening to quite a bit of stuff um, because we've been sheltered in place for several weeks now. Um, so uh, instead of doing um, kind of latest and news, which we normally do at the end of the episode, um, while there isn't much news in the inter- entertainment industry other than cancellations or postponements, so I thought we'd save you guys all the trouble. Um, everything is postponed or canceled. There you go. Yay! <laughs> um, uh, but instead, uh, we're going to give you our quarantine recommendations. Um, what have we been watching? Or excuse me, watching, reading, watching, watching. Um, the Corona. Oh my gosh! The I'm going insane with the quarantine, man. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. It's serving <laughs> Anyways, you well. It's serving me well. Um, so basically, we're just going to give our recommendations of and of what we've been watching or reading or listening to during our time at home. Um, while we've been social distancing and being isolated, what have we been doing for the past time? Um, actually, Maddie, let's start with you. What have okay. you been? What have you been doing? Before I start, can you hear the background noise? Barely. Is it super relevant? Okay, just making sure. They've been doing random crap in my apartment building all day, so. All right. Anyway, um, so since this all started, it's been kind of weird because it was like the week before spring break and then it was spring break and now it's the week after. And so that was kind of a weird disconnect. But in that series of time, I actually started reading the Percy Jackson 
book series, which is like super old and it's like middle grade novels and it turns into young adult. But I just never got around to it when I was a kid. You never got around to Percy Jackson? I never Jackson. read them. No, I never. Say, is this a reread? No. This I, is the first time? This is the first time going through them, ah. um, which is kind of wild. Better but, late than never, man. Better late yeah, than never. Yeah, that's a great series. My roommate loves them. And so I tortured her because I made us watch the movie because I love the movie. I have such good memories with that movie. It's not yeah, great, it's but I love it's it. It's not a great, no, same. I've seen the movie like probably 10 or 15 times. Yeah. But wow. it's not a good movie. It's not good, it but do I, I adore it with my whole heart. It's so funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm reading those books, which has been kind of fun. Um, so I, I guess I'd recommend them. Other books, I finished them right before quarantine. I'm going to recommend them anyways. It's any of V.E. Schwab's books. She has a lot of them uh and they're all really interesting and kind of a little bit for everybody in there um and then also catching up on content that everybody knows about apparently except me i'm watching death note right now the like anime Dude. show Great and it's show. been out again same with percy jackson it's been out for like a decade and i'm like oh this is cool to be fair i i got to it really late too i i think i watched it two three years ago and at that time it was already 10 years old it was already so, old yeah. yeah so i'm late to the game but i'm really enjoying it i'm almost done i think i have like five episodes left um but it's very interesting very interesting it's interesting yeah. all around interesting yeah. concepts i love the characters yeah. they're, they're great yeah um then the only show that i'm like consistently keeping up with is survivor but I like that show. My roommate is rewatching a bunch of, or she's watching them for the first time, a bunch of old seasons, and I'm rewatching those with her, and that's kind of fun. Um, and then my Netflix recommendation for people is Peaky Blinders. I'm rewatching that because I love it, and I think it's a fantastic show. And people have time now, so watch it in like three days. It's been on my list. There you go. Get on that. Um, and then music wise, for people to listen to it's a couple months old now but harry styles's new album is still popping off so go listen to fine line i just gotta <laughs> plug that and, but that's my life right now nice nice um very good recommendations very solid kind of thank you i that yeah i'm always here to give the recs to people if anything, this is a time for catching up. So like, exactly, it's very acceptable to just not be reading Percy Jackson. Um, will you? you no, know, I reading? thank you for that. Yeah, of course. A um, lot of people are like, "What do you mean you never got around to it?" I'm like, I don't know. Will you be reading the sequel series and the spinoff series? I am definitely gonna read the sequel series, the like other five books that come after it. I'm I more excited for those than like this current, the first series that I'm in right now. Okay, I I started those, although I think I grew out of them by the time I read them. Um, mm. I was like halfway through high school when I started reading them. And I stopped after I think the third book of the new mm. series. So That's just, probably the toughest part with reading those right now is again, they're meant for like 12 year olds, at yeah. least at the point that I'm at. And they're just kind of silly and not that, but at the same time, they're quick read, they're fun. A lot yeah. of world building stuff. No, so. yeah, very fun um let's see zed what have you been reading listening to or watching yeah so i kind of got a little list of all that good stuff so <clears throat> oh my god you have a lot well yeah <laughs> all right give me a second here. Go off. <laughs> all right well yeah. recommend, busy. 
<laughs> I don't know. I just started thinking. I was like, oh, okay, recommendations. What do I want people? What do I suggest for them to see? I guess. So, for the different services, Hulu has Lost, and that's one of my favorite shows ever. If you haven't seen Lost, that's kind of an oldie but a goodie as well. So, great, great stuff there. Um, HBO has obviously Game of Thrones. You know, like I feel like either two people, like people who watched it, or the people that didn't watch it and kind of missed out. So if you're one of those people, I would maybe use this time to watch Game of Thrones. Yikes. I was the person who only watched the last season. So no, I won't be going back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, all right. I don't know. It's a great show. <laughs> yeah, you probably um, got what, like the worst part of it, really? Yeah, I got, yeah, I got the short end of the stick there. But it's my own fault. I, I it's pretty it. entertaining, I guess. So um, another thing on HBO is the show The Barbershop, which I kind of like, and it's, it's like LeBron James's talk show of sorts where he's in a barber shop and he's getting a haircut and every episode he brings in like eight people on average. Does that mean just... he's getting a haircut every single episode? Kind of, yeah. He's kind of just like getting a little trim or lined up as they would say, maybe. All right. All right. Um, I was going to say, he, he must grow his hair really fast. Yeah, but it's cool. He always brings in like comedians entertainers other athletes singers a whole cast of people every time and they just talk about really cool issues that are like important to everybody kind of so cool stuff and then netflix hate to do it but i would maybe recommend seeing the joe exotic tiger king i think that's what it's called i don't know i watched all of that and that was it was an experience so you could say that I, I, I haven't seen it. I just hear wild things, and it's kind of taken the internet by storm, so I'm curious. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of memes out there. And Okay, if anything, do it for the memes, because the memes are funny. Okay. The they're funny. Um, Disney Plus, I guess, go on that for nostalgia. There's not, there's not anything really too new on there besides The Mandalorian, but I think there's a lot of new stuff coming, like MCU-related stuff. Reed, do you have Disney Plus? I don't, actually, so... It's an investment, yeah, but I'd maybe wait a bit until all the MCU stuff comes, but that's happening later this year, I think. Okay, then I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazon Prime, Man in the High Castle is kind of a cool show, and I think it was also like a book series, too. Um, something that I want to get into, I haven't started episode one even yet, but I'd like to get into Westworld, because I've heard it's great from a lot of people. It's It's... It'll hurt your head. <laughs> it's a really that, cool though. show. I want that. Yeah. So that'd be cool. And then, you know, this time of season, I guess, kind of had me reading World War Z. Um, Fitting. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty extreme on the virus um, spectrum, but still pretty cool. And there is some pretty accurate things with that book. Like, I'm in some of the chapters right now where before it got really serious, how um, like governments and presidents and people knew about it but like didn't react and didn't take it seriously it wasn't their priority and then they all got screwed over so huh. kind of some fun parallels there and then there's also <laughs> a movie a world war z movie and that's with brad pitt and that's also pretty good that's a I solid movie it is that's a, that's a good movie yeah so i might read that later or not read but watch that later so um and then music wise um, I guess I'm just kind of listening to a lot of the Strokes because they're probably my favorite band and they have an album coming out in four days. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, 
Your quarantine's yeah. about to get a lot more exciting. Yes. Yeah, it, it really is. So, and then if you're kind of more into like hip hop, rap, new albums um, came out from Childish Gambino and Lil Uzi Vert. So, those yeah. are going kind of good Very to nice. listen into as well. That's what I've been doing entertainment wise. Very nice, very nice. Solid list. Very solid list, guys. Um, what about sure. you, sir? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, I finally got into John Wick. Um, speaking <laughs> of... Right, I just looked at like one of the items on your list, and I'm <laughs> interested to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up, too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been watching the John Wick movies. Awesome action films. Um, really thin on plot, but it doesn't need a plot when it's got Keanu Reeves just kicking ass i'm not sure if i can say that on here but i'm gonna do it because keanu reeves. well you just did and i, I feel like it, there's an exception for keanu reeves. reeves yes keanu reeves is the exception um anyways those are very good i have still have to watch the third one i'll either do that tonight or tomorrow um let's see i finished a book that i've been working on for like seven months called the gold finch um it is a thick book it is a very it's it hefty I've it's heard that, that I've heard like that title before. What was that about again? Um, it's kind of about it's about a boy who ends up at, like accidentally stealing a piece of art during a, a terrorist attack, and he just like holds onto it, and it's about him going through trauma and kind of throughout his life while he's been um, holding on to this now really expensive like missing piece of art. Uh, it's very it was very good. Um, when I say thick. I do mean page length, but also like each page is like just <laughs> yeah, just full. It, it is it is a That's heavy crazy. read. Um, There's no white in there. It's just yeah. exactly no. It was like it was very it was very dark. Um, uh, literally crazy. like yeah, a lot of print, a lot of ink on there. Um, but it was good. <laughs> um, and then although that one took me about seven months to read, I read The Outsider by Stephen King in the span of like four or five days um that was a really good book uh and now i'm current i just got hbo and i'm currently going through the tv show it's based off of also really good um that one's about that show is dark af yeah it's really it's really (laughs) which is which is based off of what uh the the movie or excuse me the tv show is based off of the movie i i I screwed that up i screwed that (laughs) the tv show is based off of the book um and the book that was pretty quick of a turnaround because the outsider the book only came out a few years ago yeah i don't think it's more than two years old yeah i was like i think it's only a couple years old so that's a pretty quick i think this reminded me of watchmen too we did we should we should duly both recommend that on hbo um yeah i already i went through that but i plan on going through it again with uh, my girlfriend just because i want to show her it it's Um, great it's no, um, the Watchmen. It's the sequel to the the one of the most well well done, well known graphic novels ever. Um, it's about superheroes, but kind of more grounded in in the real world. Like, what would happen if someone suddenly gained the powers of like a literal god? How would that affect everything? Um, and this is a sequel to that. Um, and no, it was, it's an amazing, very well done uh, TV show. Yeah. Um, I'd also recommend the graphic novel. It's pretty dark, um, but just incredibly well written. Um, I watched that a while ago, but I plan on getting back to that now. Um, 
And kind of to fill fill my time, I've been watching the Property Brothers on Hulu. Going through what that. Are you doing? It's that so show's addicting. It is addicting. Thank like, you. Like where? How? How? Why? Did, how did you come about that? Like what is going on? <laughs> I, I I've seen like, a fair amount of that show, but why? I. It's mainly because I started sitting sitting in on it while my girlfriend was watching it. Okay. And then I started getting into it. And I started recommending it as something we watch. Oh my god! Like I don't know why, but I'm like we like to try and figure out which house they're gonna buy and then how it's gonna look. And I'm starting which, to get irritated. Which brother do you like better? Um, I like Jonathan, and I think he's currently dating Joey or Zoe Deschanel, which yeah, me and my girlfriend found so fascinating. I think they're engaged. Yeah, they're no. I think you know. I think they're engaged. Yeah. Um, it's a nice like person him. to be engaged to. <laughs> Zed, do you have an opinion? Which brother? Yeah, which brother? Um, it'd be a toss-up, really, to be honest. I only watch it in kind of passing, but I like it every time, and I can tell you which is which, really, between the brothers. Uh, yeah, I, I get confused with their names. Um, although, in the early seasons, it's really easy to tell apart because one of them has cool guy tips. Which is very unfortunate. Oh yeah, you're, um, are you? If you're watching it in the beginning, they have horrible hairstyles. Yeah, it's really <laughs> bad. Um, so that's that was been kind of like we've we're kind of in the modern age now, so they look virtually alike um, or identical. Anyways, yeah, so that's Wait, what I've been doing. Oh my god! Time. Wait, hold on. I'll show it. Okay, keep going. But, no, that's that, that's it. That's what I've been doing to fill my time. Um, then redoing God of War, which is a video game but still fun i love that game um it is a cinematic art it is art it's literal art i love that game um it is if if anyone has a ps4 i'd highly recommend playing that more <laughs> um yeah and that's about it that's that's it for me i'm but glad what, to hear that property we'll brothers be, is keeping your life going it's it's yes it's fulfilling it's fulfilling my <laughs> it's that fulfilling. empty space the quarantine has taken away you know <laughs> Because so. you couldn't, you didn't have enough of your house or just like being in a home. I need more. more you need more. <laughs> I, feel, I have a weird thing of like, I love looking at houses. Like, no, then no, go, go watch um, Architectural Digest on YouTube. Uh, that sounds amazing. They do open house tours with all these famous people. So it's just these beautiful houses. Love it. Can you name a few people they've done? Yeah, my favorite houses they've been to are Aaron Paul's, Jensen Ackles, uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I think he has two because he has an apartment and a house. Um, Zed, not you Zed, DJ Zed. Oh, I would hope not my house. A lot of knowing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they like just, vacation or something. Even if you don't know or don't like or whatever the person that they're talking to, it's just their houses are always so cool. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. Awesome. Robert Downey Jr. has one. Really? Oh, I'm definitely doing that. Yeah, he like lives in a windmill. <laughs> that's wild. Oh Sounds my god, pretty, I love it. On brand. Yeah. So take <laughs> take a look at those. Those windmill. are good. All right. Well, guys, thank you for your recommendations. Um, for those of you listening, please go check out all the things we've just listed. And if you don't do that, you're not allowed to listen to another podcast. Whoa. Okay don't listen to him please still listen to us if we are your source of entertainment but consider our offers 
we should have like a question answering question or excuse me question and answer segment so we can see like people should give us their recommendations i'd love that yeah let us watch what you want to watch yeah we're bored over here too guys come on yeah we can do reviews <laughs> yes exactly um all right well thank you guys so much for joining us on this uh zoom based episode um hopefully you guys are all keeping uh keeping yourselves entertained at home and um yeah stay safe stay healthy out there guys and uh thanks thanks to zed for joining us um no problem thanks for having me absolutely all right see you guys stay safe bye